1: All right. Well, uh, lucky day for y'all. I lost my voice, so <clears throat> I don't know where it went, uh, but hopefully, I'll find it soon. Um, we're just we've had a great week. Really grateful for all the um, people who work hard to put this on. It's a great experience for our staff, our families, our players, and um, you know, I'm sure for both teams, there's a lot of work that goes into it. <clears throat> practice areas just and then also creating opportunities and experiences whether it's you know great places to eat being able to have a beach day um, and so forth so got to go to a basketball game last night maybe I lost my voice cheering for the heat I don't know but um, it's uh, it's been a great trip and um, you know it's two great teams um, Tennessee is is uh, one of the best teams in the country and it's had an amazing year so it should be a great game. Uh, it's, we're thankful to be here and uh, represent the league um, and represent Clemson and and up um, in, in a place that's always been special uh, to to our fans and and to college football. So uh, thank you all for all that y'all have done to make it a great week as well. I just want to
2: say thank you to uh, to the Orange Bowl Committee in, in South Florida, uh, the hospitality. Uh, for our program has been absolutely fantastic. Um, it's been a great week. Uh, it's, you know, before we got down here, having played in it and coached in it before, uh, I was able to, to just, you know, relate to our players and staff what this week is all about and, and the opportunities that they were going to have to see South Florida and, and have a great week of experiences. And uh, you guys have rolled out the orange carpet and, and uh, shown us a, a great week. We appreciate everything so much. And are certainly looking forward to, to the football game. Um, it's been a long time since Tennessee's been here. Uh, really proud of what this program's done uh, in the last 23 months since uh, our staff arrived. Uh, really proud of our, our players. Um, you know, playing a great opponent here uh, tomorrow, and, and uh, looking forward to that. Uh, we've seen a lot of VFLs, former players, uh, starting to make their way down here, and I know our fan base is too. Uh, it's great to see uh, all those former players show up, and uh, looking forward to going out and competing with our football team tomorrow.
1: Hi, Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press here in Miami. This question's for Dabo. I know you joked about losing your voice last night at the Heat game, but if I'm not mistaken, you and Spo have been friends for, for a minute here, and I'm just curious what the, what the benefit is from coaches kind of learning tricks of the trade when it's different sports and different philosophies and just if you could share a little bit of what maybe you've shared with Spell and what he, and what you've learned from him. Yeah, he, he's a guy that um, <clears throat> I got to know. We, we have a mutual friend that connected us several years ago and um, and then he reached out, um, I don't know, four or five years ago or so and, and came wanted to come to Clemson. And so that was a really cool thing. Uh, he flew in for a day with one of his assistants, and um, you know, listen. I mean, it doesn't really matter what what the sport is, or even you know, if you're in, if you're in leadership and you're dealing with people, um, there's so much you can learn, and uh, <clears throat> especially when you're in a competitive environment. Um, and even though he's he's in the pros, especially basketball, a lot of those guys are young guys, and so we're dealing with young guys. And, and, again, competitive dynamics, leadership, culture, all these type of things. But uh, So that's how we first got to know each other. And then we've just stayed in touch throughout the years. And uh, we actually came down. I came down with my sons to a playoff game the last May. And that was pretty cool. So I'm 2-0 in, the, in, in what is this, 22. And uh, I let him know that last night. So brought some good mojo. Uh, but it's fun, you know. But I think that's what coaches do. Um, is collaborate. I think, I think our profession is really unique that way in <clears throat> that, you know, like we have our AFCA convention coming up in what another week or so, and all these coaches come from all over. I mean, thousands, and we talk and we meet. I mean, we literally played Ohio State one year. It's the craziest thing. It was um, – I, th- I think it was the game uh, – I don't think it was this game. You know, I think it was the game out in Arizona. And not long after that game, we met as a staff, like our, their staff, our staff, and we kind of got together and, and, and uh, talked through the game. It was crazy. And so that's one of the cool things about our profession is we compete, but we collaborate and always have. Um, and, you know, it's not the case in most industries, right? Like Coke doesn't sit down with Pepsi at the end of the year and say, why, well, boys, what do you think, you know? Uh, but, Let's see how this, this, this goes. But football coaches do that. There's just so many relationships, and, and um, that's what makes the game really unique. And so, um, just relationships like that come through collaboration that crosses over um, the sports and business world, et cetera.
3: Good morning, uh, Mark Stoll with uh, Miami Times. I have a question for you both, uh, Coach Sweeney and Coach Hypo. On um, first, Coach Sweeney, what's the impact that uh, Mike Reed has had on your staff this year, uh, being recently <laughs> elevated to uh, assistant head coach? And for you, Coach Heupel, uh for Tim Banks, uh, you recently added him. Uh, what's his impact been for you uh, this year as a defensive coordinator?
2: I-, I couldn't hear the back end of that conversation uh, question. Excuse uh, me.
3: The uh, Tim Banks. Yeah. Uh, what's his impact has uh, been for you this year as defensive coordinator?
2: Yeah, I'll start it out. T- Tim's been uh, been a phenomenal leader uh, on the defense side of the football. And, and uh, um, when we were going through the process of, of, you know, finding our defense coordinator, you know, two years ago, looking for somebody that had experience, that was a great leader, that was multiple in, in what he was able to do, um, you know, was relationship-driven and had a great ability to teach and, um, you know, through all the things that we encountered when we first arrived on campus, his steadiness, his leadership, uh, his ability to gain, um, you know, buy-in from the guys around him. And that's, you know, staff members that were coming in. Uh, not everybody had worked together. There were some uh, common threads where there were some relationships there, previous relationships, uh, but then getting uh, all of our players to buy-in to, to what we're doing. and and. Uh, uh, he's done nothing but do a great job of, of continuing to grow what we're doing on that side of the football, um, you know, and, and uh, you can see that in the way that our guys play for
1: him. Yeah, Mike Reed, has um, <clears throat> he's just a great leader. He's been with me um, since the 2013 season, so he's I guess going on year 10 or whatever, and and um, has done a phenomenal job. I mean, we, he's coached a bunch of great players at Clemson, He's been a part of some of the best defenses in college football over the last decade. Uh, He's coached first-rounders and everything in between. He's a great recruiter, great communicator, uh, really knows the game. He's also our special teams coordinator. So just uh, – and he's a great friend. You know, love his family. Uh, He's got a great, uh, beautiful family. His wife, Kim, and and, uh, Michaela and Milan, his daughters. So just uh, a guy that has has really grown – and, um, you know, is, would be a great head coach as well. Uh, so it was easy, as we had staff trained. We had a lot of staff transition last year for the first time in a while, so uh, it was easy uh, to be able to promote him uh, to the assistant head coach and lean on him in a lot of areas.
2: Adam Sparks, Knox News for Josh. Um, you've got three uh, players opting out, uh, all good players.
1: You've got your offensive coordinators gone, and you've recently had a quarterback change. In a regular season, you may have one of those changes in a given week. To have all of them at once, how is the challenge different for you as a coach, and how do you navigate all those changes within one game?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, at the end of the day, that's kind of the landscape of what happens uh, at times inside your program. Um, When you're having success and and, uh, uh, during the course of of bowl season, you can see that uh, across the country. Uh, The unique thing is you have a couple extra weeks to prepare and uh, and plan for those situations. You're not dealing with it in in a seven-day span. Um, You know, we lost some really good players. I think that provides unique opportunity. that's the tough thing and the great thing about college football is that essentially a quarter of your roster is, you know, graduating every single year and so with that provides new opportunity to go make plays because you get more snaps on the football field, provides opportunities and leadership. It's the great thing about college football is that, you know, you're essentially building your roster and your football team every single January and that's always true but Uh, I think in in the landscape of college football, it's certainly true and and, uh, more evident, more prevalent now with the the transfer portal too.
3: Hey, Dabo, this is Anna Adams with Clemson 24-7.
1: We saw Sheridan Jones not practicing yesterday, just wanted to know if he was going to play in the Orange Bowl um, and if his career is done at Clemson. What was the last part?
0: And if he's done at Clemson.
1: Oh, uh, I'm not sure Sheridan, he could come back. Uh, He's been dealing with a hip flexor. So, it's going to be close, you know. He's one of those guys that's uh, played a lot. He's got a lot of experience, but uh, been battling a little bit. So, we'll see. But as far as is, is he done at Clemson, he's declared this as his senior year all year. But, as you know, um, a lot of these guys have um, – I guess we're going to deal with it for <clears throat> a couple more years, I guess, uh, with the COVID year. So, I don't know if it's his last time. A lot of these guys are going to decide that after the game. For both coaches, uh, uh, Tom D'Angelo from Palm Beach Post, uh, both of you were in a, in a similar situation where one loss at the end of the year, you probably more likely would have been in a in the playoffs. So, in, in that situation, is some teams find it hard to be motivated to play in this game because of the disappointment? How long did it take for you guys to get over that disappointment, and what were you able to do to keep them motivated and make sure that you know this was this game was important to them?
2: Yeah, for, we, we had to reset the following week, and, and I think you guys played uh, the week after as well. Um, you know, the, the only reason we've gotten to this point, um, th- these players didn't come into this and, and just inherit it. They've worked for it, um, you know, from the moment that we got there on, on campus. And that's the competitive nature. It's their connection to one another. Uh, our players were able to reset. Was there disappointment? Absolutely. Um, Uh, in that moment, and and, uh, you could feel it in the building when they came in uh, the following day uh, on Monday. Um, But uh, we're able to reset, and this is an important game uh, to our football team. We talk about finishing, we talk about legacy. Uh, This group that, uh, you know, is graduating and and heading on, um, you know, this is a a way to finish it and and leave a strong legacy at, at Tennessee. Uh, at the same time, I think bowl games uh, in, in this era uh, are also about, you know, kicking off the, the following season. And, um, you know, for all those things, uh, our kids' focus and energy out at practice has been uh, fantastic. Uh, I think it's important that you enjoy the bowl experience while you're here in South Florida. Uh, but when you're in meetings and you're on a practice field, uh, you got to be dialed in and locked in. And, and uh, I really like how our guys have, have handled the week up until this point.
1: <clears throat> well, I mean, we manage. You got to manage the um, uh, disappointment. There's certainly disappointment anytime you lose a game. We all go into the season want to win every game, and I think there's two teams maybe that are undefeated right now. So, <clears throat> to have a great season, um, you have to manage success. You got to manage failure along the way. And so, um, yeah, when you look back at the end. Like, man, you're, you're – there's only four teams right now that get to go to the playoff, um, as you're alluding to there. But so disappointing in the moment. But for us, man, yeah, you go back to work. Uh, when you have, it, it hurts, you know, but you you, get, you come in on Sunday, you know, you don't have time to linger. Uh, we got a championship game the very next week <clears throat> to play a really good uh, North Carolina team. And so we reset, refocused, and, um, you know, Thankfully, we had another game to play, so uh, that that certainly helps. And then, as far as being motivated, um, both these teams have won eleven games. You don't you don't go eleven and two if you're a team that that doesn't have good leadership. And um, you know, because it's hard to win; it's really hard to win. And uh, so, to win eleven games in today's world in college football is is, is special. It's it's just, it's a great season. And then to be able to come to the Orange Bowl and play, you know, uh, the sixth-ranked team in the country. Uh, You turn on the tape, you get motivated real quick uh, because these guys are competitors, you know. Both teams, you got guys that like to play. I mean, that's why they play football. They don't play football to whatever. They play But They like to play the game. And so, it's a chance to go play the game. And not only that, you get to do it at a venue like this, at Hard Rock Stadium. I mean, are you kidding me? And you're playing one of the best teams in the country. So, turn the tape on. You watch these dudes run, yeah, you'll get motivated real quick. Hey, this is David Hood with TigerNet.com. Coach Sweeney, the NCAA rule change that allowed those mid-year enrollees <clears throat> to get out there on the field with you. I just mm-hmm. wanted to know, what have you seen out of those guys? And I, I was having fun watching Nick Eason with uh, his two guys yesterday, kind of coaching them up. You, now that it's happened, do you think it's beneficial? And, and how has it helped them maybe get prepared for what they'll see in the spring? Yeah, it's been great. It'd be really even better if they'd let them play. Uh, that'd even be greater. Uh, so, uh, it's been fun <clears throat> having those guys, you know. Uh, just, I think, speeds up their acclimatization process and, you know, just kind of getting uh, the feel of guys. And, you know, most of the time they get here in January, they're right into school, and then they're into off-season program training and mat drills and spring ball. And <clears throat> So, to be able to, to kind of have a visual, even though it's not a normal game week, to just kind of be exposed to that a little bit, to be around some of the guys that aren't going to be here uh, when they when they get going. I think it's a unique opportunity as well. So, I think it's been great. I'm glad they, uh, they did that. Uh, and then to be able to also put our eyes on them as far as having the first opportunity to really coach them, you know, in meetings. And, we, and then part of what we do have always done in bowl prep is, is uh, we get a lot of work, you know, on Clemson, you know, fundamentals, technique, kind of back to some basics. We get a lot of work on the opponent, <clears throat> and then we do a lot of JV work. We kind of create a JV season, if you will, and now we have a couple scrimmages, and, and we have a lot of fun with with the young guys. So, um, and a lot of individual, a lot of that. So those guys were able to, they couldn't scrimmage because of the, they couldn't get to that point, but to to be able to get to work with them in individual drills and technique and and coach them is very beneficial for them and us. And I think just, again, it's been a lot of fun. There were five of them um, that got the opportunity to come, and I think they've really enjoyed it. And they're all what we, th- they're what we thought they were, you know, on the, off the hoof.
3: Yeah, Joe from The Athletic for Josh. Uh, what have you seen from Joe Milton in embracing this opportunity, <clears throat> and, and how important is Friday's performance in terms of the, the quarterback competition to come?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, Friday's important because, you know, this is the last game for this football team this season. And, and uh, uh, it's the, the, the end of, of uh, that culmination. Um, we're going to have competition at every position uh, next spring uh, in our program. you got to go out and, and earn it and take it uh, every single day. And that's true at the quarterback position as well. And, and uh, everybody inside of that room understands and, and knows that. Joe's been, been great all season long. Um, you know, I think it's a unique story in today's atmosphere inside of college football uh, that someone is that talented and, and has had, you know, uh, some success uh, at the quarterback position, uh, ends up, you know, being moved to the number two spot. You know, sees that there's value in the staff cares about me, the staff can help develop me, uh, I can perform inside of this offense, and, and uh, um, you know my traits fit this, and and I got to stay the course. Because I need to grow, you know, and that can be mentally, it can be emotionally, it can be fundamentally. Um, I, I think, you know, in today's world, for a young man to see that and be able to say, "Hey, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to compete every single day with Hendon, or whoever that young man might be," uh, and to handle it the right way is is uh, is a great story. And uh, he's prepared, like he's going to be the starter uh, all off season, all training camp, all season long. Uh, he's continued to grow. We're playing a great opponent, great defense. Uh, it's going to take all 11 to, to go out there and perform at a high level uh, tomorrow. But I'm excited to, to see Joe go compete, man, and uh, excited
3: for this opportunity for him. Jimmy Himes with the Sports Animal in Knoxville. Josh, uh, a couple things. One, how much of an adjustment is it for you to go back to calling plays?
2: Uh, it's not that, like, for, for us as a staff, uh, we go through that uh, process. Um, Every single week, we go through it on game day. Um, you know the fact that you know Joey and I have been together for you know 15 plus years. Glenn and I have been for together for I think seven years. Um, you know the communication on game day is seamless, and and um, you know excited for this one.
0: And have you
3: started the process of interviewing for an offensive coordinator,
2: yeah, we'll we'll do all of that, uh, handle all of that uh, on the back end of, of the bowl season. Just everything that's going on inside of college football. Um, you know, after the regular season finishes, um, we'll handle all that at the tight end position here on the uh, the back end of this bowl game.
3: Todd Summers, WSPA TV. For both coaches, with the opt-outs and the transfer portal affecting your roster for a game as significant as the Orange Bowl is, do you see that as an issue? And secondly, is there a fix going forward for bowl games in the future? With this seem to be a trend.
1: Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of fixes, but <clears throat> until they put us on the yeah. committee to fix it, uh, we're not. It doesn't matter what we think. So, um, but I just think it is what it is. I mean, this is. I, I certainly hope that the bowl games. I know it's all about the playoff and the expansion. It's going to be even more so, but I certainly hope the bowl games um, stick around. And there's certainly some things that the bowl games can do to, to help. And uh, hopefully, that'll will take place. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, um, things have evolved in college football. And and it's this – bowl games are a great experience. I mean, it's an opportunity to go, again, go play. I mean, you get – there's 365 days. If everything goes perfect in our world, you get 15 days to play the game that you love, right? So, there's 350 days. What the heck are you doing? You're just working and training and grinding. And so, it's another day to go play. It's an opportunity to finish your season. It's an opportunity to get an unbelievable experience. You know, having played the game, it, it, you know, those are some of my greatest memories and experiences. It's just like this week. I mean, you know, yesterday, uh, those guys out there and having a big time on the beach yesterday afternoon, they'll never forget that. You know, there's these are young people. We forget that. Um, and so, they've had a lot of fun this week. Um, you get to – play some unique I mean watching the game last night what a great game uh you know it's uh, tv likes programming right people like to watch football but I think uh, as far as you know getting ready for the game it's a chance to develop your team it's a chance to finish this season it's a chance to develop your team for next year and it's a chance for those seniors not all these guys are going to go play pro ball it's a chance for them to play another game you know, and a lot of them, are, are, they're going to be done. And then if guys don't want to play, then don't play. Uh, and, and go do whatever you're going to do. Uh, so, <clears throat> I certainly hope that it's here to stay for a long time. Uh, but, you know, there's lots of things that can, I think, make it better um, as we move forward. Uh, Scott Eisberg
2: from WCIV in Charleston. Josh, just wanted to get your reaction when you turn on bowl games and you see these tributes to Mike Leach. You saw the one last night, <clears throat> the penalty, and uh, a couple coaches have worn shirts. Just your reaction and uh, what you think each time you see it, and also if, if you have anything planned tomorrow to, to kind of honor him. Yeah, Mike uh, was instrumental in and. Uh... My opportunity to uh, to play at a high level, to to coach at a high level, he's the guy that gave me my start, and, and uh, you know, he meant so much to so many people uh, around the country, uh, inside of college football and outside of it. I, I think, you know, he's really unique in that way that uh, you, you truly got a chance to see uh, how his mind worked and, and operated, and, and um, you know, he had so many passions outside of the game as well. Um, you know, it. Uh, you know, we lost somebody that uh, made college football extremely interesting and, and changed the landscape of it. You know, at that time, uh, college football was played in a box uh, around a lot of the country. And, and uh, you know, his vision of playing out in space is, is how college football is played today.
3: Any other questions? Raise your hands, please. So. Mark Stoller with the Miami Times. His question is, uh, Coach Josh, um, is this a full circle moment for you? I know you played in the uh, 2001 uh, Orange Bowl. So, was what's that experience that you had back then compared to today as a coach?
2: Yeah, um, you know, my experience down here, uh, great memories. Uh, got a bunch of teammates that are actually going to be down here. A couple of them came into town last night, and and uh, we'll have an opportunity to you know hopefully catch up with them today, but see them on the field. On game day too, and and uh, great memories, um, you know, from my playing career. Uh, when I think back to, you know, my days at Oklahoma and, and uh, uh, some of the things that we accomplished, uh, your mind obviously comes right here to uh, to this stadium and uh, this bowl game. And O'Dabo you know, was talking about just the bowl game experience in general. This is. Oh, these are these are opportunities and memories that you remember forever, and I've tried to share that with our football team, uh, having played in this game. Just, you know, what this game game means, um, you know, the the exposure that you have, the opportunity that you have, and uh, you know, as you get further away from it, uh, your bowl experience is something that you're going to come back to when you're with your brothers. Jimmy Himes with
3: the Sports in So, Davo, we've had a couple of players here that said that they appreciate you not hitting the transfer portal, that that shows commitment and loyalty to those players. Is that why you don't hit the portal much?
1: We just haven't had to. I think it's been more, uh, I mean, certainly I've I've always said, you know, uh, we're a developmental program. We always have been. And if you're constantly bringing guys in over the top of guys, that changes your culture. That's just part of it. Uh, And it also, you know, you you probably didn't evaluate well. but it's a different situation everywhere. It's very different. If I was, if I was just coming to Clemson right now, half my my roster would be transfer portal. You know, if I was just taking over a team, and you got to win like yesterday, right? Uh, it's a different world than when I became the head coach. Very different in college football. And because if I if I was just named head coach at Clemson, probably half the guys would leave, right? And, and, and a lot of the fans would have gone in the portal, too, and left uh, if you could do that. So that's just the reality. I mean, when, when Josh took over at Tennessee, I mean, I don't even – and thankfully they changed the rules for a guy, like a new guy coming in. I think you probably lost almost 40. might have, might
2: have been a year late yeah. in changing the rules. Yeah, yeah, a year <laughs> yeah, late, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was a year late, but it's because of maybe what he did. When you lose like 40 guys, how do you replace that? And then they say, okay, you can only bring in 25 initials, right? So, and then they changed the rules in college football to where guys can leave after spring practice. Well, who are you going to recruit in, in May? There is no high school kids to go recruit. So, you know, my situation is just very different in that 14 years as the head coach, we've, we've, we've been a very much an evaluation <clears throat> development program. And we've had a lot of guys <clears throat> that have become great players as red shirt sophomores juniors seniors and um, you know so the things have changed and we just haven't really had to we we haven't really lost starters you know the guys that have mostly left our program have been first of all graduates most of them that just wanted a a chance to play and um, or you've had some guys that maybe just needed a fresh start that was maybe a backup or whatever Um, so that's that's a good thing that's not bad that's it's created a different opportunity uh and we last spring for example what if we would have had five six seven eight guys pack up and leave well we you have to go to the pool we didn't have anybody leave so you know you recruit your class you have your roster and uh and you manage it from year to year Uh, so at this point we just haven't had to i mean we certainly could could change a philosophy and do that we've we've had the past two years we really felt like we needed a veteran quarterback Uh, so we got Hunter Johnson Man, I'm glad we got Hunter Johnson right now so uh, we went and just added Paul Tyson uh, because we we believe in the guy that we have we just signed another great one in uh, Vizina and so we need but we needed an older guy that's been around and uh, we got a guy that's had four years of experience <clears throat> that that really embraces the role. There's a lot of these guys, you know, you, you know, they're looking for certain things. That's why they're in the portal. So it's got to be a good fit on both sides. And uh, so we've signed a couple of guys, and then we've had, we've had, you know, three or four guys that we have tried to recruit uh, over the last year or so. It just hadn't worked out. Um, you know, we weren't the right fit for them uh, for whatever reason. So. Um, Things change. Again, we haven't had to do that, but what if the spring, again, we might have five guys, seven guys pack up and say, hey, I'm out. Um, you know, So everybody has to deal with that. But again, where we are as a program, um, we just haven't been as impacted uh, at this point.
2: Chapel Fowler with the State, Dabo,
3: um, you mentioned earlier this month the pressure that comes with being a starting quarterback. Just, Kay, what have you seen from him these last few weeks as the guy? Um, that makes you so confident that, as you just said, he is the guy?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's um, he's been great. It's been a blessing that he's had a couple, two or three weeks here to just kind of settle in and, um, you know, uh, lead. Uh, but he's, he's really not any different. I mean, he's just a kid that's, he's always on. He's always got a ton of energy. <clears throat> he's a, he loves to play. He loves to practice. I mean, he's just one of those guys that really loves the game. So uh, he's embraced it and uh, he's done a great job with it. He's excited about it. He's he's, uh, worked really hard to get to this point and knows he has a huge challenge ahead. But um, just, you know, a lot more comes with it that he's had to manage. But I think he's done a good job. Vince Ferrar, 99.1, the sports animal in Knoxville. One question for each
3: of you. Dabble, you have a player from Knoxville, Catholic, and Brian Tucker. Can you talk about his development?
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys. Developmentally, uh, redshirt sophomore, kind of, you know, uh, in that process of of growing and maturing into what we think he can be. Big, strong kid. uh, You know, great family. Has played a little bit – on some special teams for us. He's starting on our, our field goal team there, and he's played a little bit at guard. He plays both guards. i uh, like for him to learn to snap this spring. That's something that we, we'd like to see out of him as well. But, you know, just a guy that's in that process of maturing and, and uh, hopefully becoming uh, a good player for us down the road.
3: And, Josh, can you talk about the impact in recruiting a game like this, a stage like this? Can have for your program?
2: Yeah, for sure. It's a, another opportunity for you know kids across the entire country to, to see the brand of football that you're playing, the culture that you have, by the way that you compete together. Um, you know, throughout the course of this season, you know we've been able to show the proof of what this program is becoming and, and what's going on inside of our building and, and continuing to you know take te- steps forward. Um, to continuing to compete for championships and and uh, when we first arrived you were talking about it um, a year ago They saw a little bit of proof of it uh, They get a chance to, to see a whole lot more of who we are and what we're about and the exciting brand of football that we're gonna play um, you know, we're going to be extremely aggressive on offense, um, but we're going to have that same mentality and attitude on the defensive side of the football and, and, uh, and play that way on special teams too. So this is a great opportunity for, for Tennessee's brand, its logo, uh, the university, uh, to be in the forefront uh, of the country playing in one of the, the iconic <clears throat> bowl games in, in college football
3: Todd Summers, WSPA-TV, Coach Sweeney. Over the last decade, you've had Deshaun, Trevor, DJ all start as freshmen, either early on in their career or in the middle of their career. How is Cade's readiness as he does gets ready for his first start at the end of his freshman season? And can you kind of compare where he is versus where those guys were when their number was called?
1: Yeah, um, you know, probably more ready than they were, uh, honestly, uh, <clears throat> because those guys. You know, he's had a little more time in the crock pot. Uh, those guys were, you know, had to be ready a little quicker. Uh, so, you know, I think Cade is, you know, he, he's he's had time to. I think he's still a work in progress, but he's he's had time to physically, first of all, get himself in a much better situation than he was when he got here at about 179 pounds. So he's he's almost 200, right at 200 pounds now. And <clears throat> so he's progressing physically and so he's much better prepared there and then you know just you know he's had a great example in dj and he'd be the first one to tell you dj is DJ's one of the greatest preparers i've ever been around and uh so he had a good model you know to really see day in and day out and um you know from since january so mentally he's been through as opposed to maybe two or three games um Or, you know, to bam, and here's your moment. Um, He's had a lot of game plans. He's had a lot of corrections. He's had a lot of, uh, you know, weeks of practice and and some experience uh, to go with it some good experience, some bad experience to prepare him. Uh, So, um, all those things, I think, have made him well prepared uh, for this, this opportunity. For, for both, we've talked about the portal and the, the portal has taken some, I guess, blame is the word for the um, spots taken up for fewer spots for high school recruits where really it's just pieces of moving. But is it not the extra COVID year? Has that had more of an impact for you guys on recruiting and roster setting, especially when it comes to bringing in like the high school players and taking some of those spots because of that extra year players are getting for the next four years, I guess? Not really. I mean, there's a couple guys here or there. Um, you know, I think that's been fine. <clears throat> there's no question the portal affects the high school recruiting because now coaches have a whole other pool of recruits. They have freshmen, they have sophomores in college. Uh, you got thousands of kids that are in this thing that used to not exist. And so, <clears throat> and then you have the pressure to win right now. And uh, so, there's a lot. What's going on, and, it, and it's it's really affected uh, the high school recruiting. There's there's no doubt. A lot of these high school recruits are are either not getting signed or being pushed down. Um, you know, or unfortunately, sometimes you know that portal opens up. Some of these guys that have maybe been committed a long time lose their opportunity. Uh, so that's why I I, I mean I think there I think the portal's good. I just think there should there could be some tweaks uh, to make it better. <clears throat> for everyone. And, um, you know, I, I, everybody talks about the early signing period all that. Man, I, if I'm a high school kid or a high school coach, I'd fight for it to be, stay where it is or be earlier. Like, honestly, you know, I, I, I wish they'd let them sign August 1 of their senior year and, and let them sign any time they want, you know, and that would cut out a lot of these offers that you can't commit, uh, number one. And then some of these kids would be protected because. A lot of the, like, we just signed a class. All these guys would have signed in the summer, you know, if, if they were allowed to. And so now all of a sudden it protects these high school kids a little bit. So, um, and, and again, it makes you be serious about who you offer and, and so forth, as opposed to all of a sudden, you know, the portal opens up and some of these guys get pushed aside. And I get it. I'm not, it, it, This. I mean, I would do the same thing in this situation. Um, but the high school kids are absolutely being impacted uh by the portal and uh so much more than the COVID situation
0: reese van hathen wat tv in knoxville josh Heipel, uh how much has coach Halsley's workload changed how much has been added to his workload with uh alex golish's departure and what does that entail
2: yeah I, as much as anything uh a little bit on the the scripting side of it um but, um, you know, how we've operated and functioned, you know, from you know, how we design our, our starters, you know, for, for each drive. Uh, communication, obviously Alex's voice won't be there on game day. But, um, you know, the collaboration <coughs> of all of us, um, you know, the way we communicate uh, in between plays too. Um, been in the middle of all of it. Joey has been, Glenn has been, I certainly have been too. So, um, you know, um, we'll miss Alex. Alex will do a great job at USF, but, uh, um, you know, the the majority of our group and, and how we've operated, it just really hasn't changed that much. Uh, Dabo, Scott Eisberg, WCIV
3: in Charleston. I just want to know uh, that West Virginia Orange Bowl, blipping the radar bad night, or do you see that as kind of a turning point for your program to take a meteoric
1: rise? I mean, it was a pretty bad night, uh, that's for sure. Um, Thirty years since we'd been in the Orange Bowl, um, you know. But again, that's football. I mean, we're. I think we're about. To, I think we're about to go up four or five points on the one. Andre Ellington, you know, you get a touchdown. Next thing, you know, the ball goes 100 yards the other way. And then I think we throw a pick six the next series. Then I think we fumble and they go score. And it was it was uh, it, it was it was downhill from there. Um, but <clears throat> you know, that's football. Uh, but it was a great experience for us. I mean, 30 years since we'd been at the Orange Bowl. And the one thing I told our team after the game was, um, you know, it was a bad moment, but we had a really – we had a great year. I mean, we won the league that year for the first time in 20 years. You know, I, I, I know it's um, – I mean, that people sometimes forget that. So, that was a bad night, and that's what everybody wanted to focus on. My, my job in that moment was to make sure that we didn't let a bad moment uh, make us lose sight of a great year. You know, again, we won 10 games for the first time in 20 years. Won the league 20 years. Got to the Orange Bowl 30 years since we have been in the Orange Bowl. And uh, so – and that was my message to the team is, hey, we're going to get better. We'll learn from this. We'll grow from this. Uh, We've got to own it. It's going to be a long time until we play again. Wish we could have played the next week. But um, uh, just a part of our journey, that's it, just a part of our journey. Um, you know, you just – every year is a new journey. It's a new opportunity. You learn and grow. <clears throat> uh, we were coming off my second – that was my third year. We won the league. The year before that we won six games. So, um, it was just another step for us. And um, I told – would, it wouldn't be 30 years before we got back to the Orange Bowl. And we were back two years later and, and beat a great Ohio State team right here. So, um, and we got back in 15. And we're thankful to have another opportunity. So third time now in, in you know, 10, 11 years. Um, so just it was just a, a bad day uh, in the midst of a great journey of Clemson football. Um, that's how I look at it, just all part of it.